Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Broadcasting from the Annie Up Studios, it's the longest-running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scales. Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, June 30th. We have been working extremely hard around here getting ready for the July issue of Annie Up Magazine Ready. It'll be out Monday, July 3rd, so if you haven't caught up on the June issue, check it out at AnnieUpMagazine.com slash magazine. Then, fill out the form that's there to have it delivered to your email each month. The YouTube page has been up for a bit now, and we have 660 subscribers, well on our way to the 1,000 that I mentioned we're trying to get to. But if you haven't subscribed... Do that and check out the videos there as well. Okay, so it's finally time to release our new sponsor, which Elle was very excited to talk about last week for some reason. Manscaped is the best men's below-the-waist grooming. I guess you could say they have precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. So, join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, our Antiup listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ANTIUP20 at manscaped.com. The performance package has arrived, and this may be a game changer for real. It has the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is this one right here. And I mean, check it out. It's got, it has a light <laughs> because I mean, some of those places are kind of dark, you know, not great lighting in your bathroom, maybe. It also has the Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer. So jump in right there and over here. Both the Lawnmower and the Weed Whacker are waterproof. So messes on the bathroom floor gone. They're designed with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, tugs. They have crop preserver and ball deodorant and crop reviver toner, uh, performance boxer briefs. And look, look at this travel bag right here. I mean, that's, it's a nice bag to put all your goodies in and by goodies, I mean this stuff, not your goodies. So get 20% off and free shipping with code ANTIUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ANTIUP20. Speaking of codes, the ANTIUP free roll with Rockford Charitables is getting closer. I'm working on getting an early entry form ready, but let Jim or Ashley know that you're planning on joining the free roll. Let them know the password to get in is the worm. That's all I have today, so let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Table Talk. All right, Table Talk is brought to you by Rockford Charitable Games. They will be playing at Mission Hills Club Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And don't forget about the Annie Up Free Roll on July 20th at the Pavilion Restaurant in Northbrook. You'll need the Free Roll password to get in there, and that password is the worm. (laughs) All right, so I am back around the poker table this week with a special guest, Bill Collins from Poker Cows is joining me. Bill, how are you? 
I'm great, Joe. Thanks for having me on here. <laughs> Absolutely. So the first question my wife told me I have to ask you is, why is it called Poker Cows? How did that name come to be? Um, An old college nickname. Most people call me Cowboy or they call me Cow. And okay. When we were coming, when I was sitting around talking about the, the names for the game and, you know, there's Poker Stars, there's Poker This and I was like, you know, this is this whole platform is not meant to be taken too seriously. This is <laughs> this is for friends sitting around having a good time. And uh, I was like, well, poker cows. And I said that that pretty much sums up the the feeling of the game. We're we're a, a platform that is for having fun. And I thought that was was kind of an appropriate name. I love it. So. You basically backstory. You had a game each week with your friends, right? And wanted to continue that when COVID happened, and you couldn't have that meetup game every week, right? We were not even weekly players. I mean, we were friends that got together four or five times a year. We're all busy, and right. being able to get together, it was always a social event. And um, as COVID came around we couldn't get together anymore. And at that point, we play some, we play some crazy games, uh, some with wild cards, some without wild cards. You know, it's dealer's choice. It's whatever you right. want. You can play as simple as five card draw, five card stud, seven card stud, uh, no limit hold them. You can, you can play all those, but you can also tweak the games a bit. And, um, one of the games that we played a lot was seven, a game called 727. I don't know if you're familiar with that game. but I don't know that one. You know, I know a lot of the, the variations, but I don't know that one. So it's, tell me. Not, it's not really even a poker game. It's just a gambling card game where you get either two or three cards, depending on which version it is, and you try to get closest to seven or 27. And... You know, if it's two card, it's one down, one up. If it's three card, it's two down, one up. Or we do it where it's roll your own. That's one of the options within the game is you can pick which one to roll. And uh, it makes for some really interesting pots. And it, it everybody tends to stay in. And, you know, when you've got split pot home games, you get a lot of action. It's people <laughs> there to have fun. And um, so I asked my son, I said, hey, can you just make this one game for me and my buddies to, to play with? And uh, I had had read about Twilio, which is like a video provider. And I said, hey, I set up a Twilio account. Can you go ahead and, and integrate this in? And, you know, a couple of days later, he came back with a very basic game i mean it wasn't formatted it had like video boxes all over the screen and uh but me and my buddies played it and my god next thing i knew we'd been sitting there for six hours playing this game laughing and having a blast and, uh, <laughs> you know the usual cocktails or two are flowing and right <laughs> everybody's having a great time and um so that's kind of what started everything and and your son had a computer science degree. He wasn't just like jumping in there blind, right? Correct. He was yeah. uh, fresh out of college. I guess at that point he was 23 and he's a really good coder. He's been, he'd been writing code since probably age 12 or 13. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and he stayed with the, the poker cows project for two years. He took it through the initial I mean, this has been going on since, you know, March or April of uh, 2000. And it grew larger. And I think he just wanted to do something else. But no, he was the, he was the main coder of everything. And just as it got into networking situations, things that were outside of his realm, he brought in, uh, we actually had a, a uh, computer science guy from Harvard that had wow. had gaming experience that we got in touch with. And uh, 
it, it kind of brought a whole team of guys together and everybody found the project really interesting. And uh, it's crazy since we started doing this, since that very first night of just one game of 727, our group hasn't gotten back together in real life. We play oh. online because we've had friends that have moved away that we can still play with. And everybody appreciates the fact that there's no drinking and driving. It's yeah. You're at home and you know, it's, it's like, that was fun guys. See y'all next time. And you know, at the end of the game, Prince out, uh, it brings up a ledger of how everybody did. And, uh, you know, we, we don't advocate gambling within the site. There's no money that can exchange hands within the site. But right. uh, you'll know how you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually a good point that you make there, though, because this is meant for fun. This is meant to to play some of the variations and things that you're not necessarily going to go to the casino and play or whatever. This is a home game kind of um, software. But that said, it's still a very professional looking playing software because you, you've got names, you know, people, a group of people, like you said, in there working on this, making it what it is now. Oh, right. You know, I've, I'm from a real estate background and this is a major investment at this point. It sure didn't start out that way. I, I remember <laughs> vividly telling my friends, I said, what's, I said, uh, one of the guys at the table, he goes, you know, this is really a lot of fun. There, you might could sell this. And I said, dude, I'm 10 steps ahead of you. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, so you had already, by the time he brought it up, you had already had it in the, the yes. thought. And I told him, I said, you know, uh, what's the absolute worst that can happen? I put 50 grand in it and we have a great game to play with. Well, that was several zeros ago. <laughs> yeah. Good coding doesn't come cheap. That is fair. Yeah. Um, but it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of cool features that, you know, for example, we've got a thing and we use it all the time when we're playing. If somebody gets up just in a regular home game, if somebody gets up and goes to the bathroom or make a drink or whatever, and they'll say, call for me or, or whatever. I'm good. Right. You know, as right. They get up. Well, in this game, the host actually can go into the host controls and say, check or call for a player. So it's kind of like at a home game where the guy would say, I'm in, you know, he's halfway across yeah. the bridge <laughs> and he says, I'm in. So it doesn't slow up the game, but the host can't, of course, can't bet or raise or anything, but a simple check or a call just to keep, you know, it's, it's got friendly host controls. Uh -oh. Right. And again, this is a group of friends that are around the table. You're not doing this with people that you don't know. So you're, you're obviously trusting them to do that. Like you're not playing against some stranger in Timbuktu. No. And, and so right. that's, that works. That's, and I love it, that. It does. And there's a record of, in the ledgers, when we first started doing the software, a lot there were a lot of bugs. Now it's pretty, it's pretty dang solid. But we put in a lot of safeguards. Like, okay, what if some group plays it differently than we do here, and you needed to transfer chips from one player to another? You know, it, the banker has that ability, but it keeps a, a ledger of anything that the banker initiated. So there's. There's an honesty audit trail there <laughs> to make sure things are are, are kept uh, copacetic. Well, since you bring up the cost of of the, making this, with that in mind, the different options that you have for pricing of the software is really incredible too, because it's super affordable. Ninety nine dollars for the year. And you can play as much as you want, right? With your, your entire group. Can yeah. Play. And this is, 
the whole pricing end of this has been the, the studies that I did were all over the spectrum, but um, this is just an introductory kind of pricing and let's get people on the platform. As I say, if I can get people to play it, they're going to love it. Uh, Absolutely. It, 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 if you're if you're looking for a platform for home games and you'd like something a little other than whole, if you want to spice it up a little bit, you know, <laughs> I, I mentioned earlier about the, the beta testers. And one of the things the, the beta testers, I noticed that they went to a game that we call Texas Drop'em. And naturally they first went to Texas Hold'em, then they saw Texas Drop'em and went there. And as they played, one of the guys goes, he goes, what exactly is this? And one of them said, I'm not sure, but I really like it. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's, that's the point is yeah. it's something different that uh, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can go in there, you can explore the different types of games with your group. I think that's awesome. You offer um, stud which is great for me. I love stud games, but like you said, it's geared more toward the home game than like a casino game where the bring in is the high card, not the low card. Right. Correct. Absolutely. That, that's, that's a major difference between stud and the casino and, and, and our platform. Uh, it's no big deal, but it is a difference. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think that most home games, if you've got a bunch of guys sitting around, let the high hand best first. Right. Right. So I, I, I started to talk about it. Let me, let me come back to the pricing. You've got three different options. Yeah. Right. So you can do per session. You could pay per session. You can pay per month or you can pay per year. Right. Correct. And the, Per year pricing sticks in my head, but the it's five ninety nine per session, right? And that's uh, seven hours. It gives you a seven hour table, which most very few home games are going to go over seven hours. Absolutely, absolutely. And then then you have a per month, which is tell me nine ninety nine ninety nine, I believe. And then uh, ninety nine dollars will get you unlimited for a whole year and i think that's incredible because if you have if you have eight or nine players that are playing in the game and you all split that that's even more affordable it it, it is you know it's a the table is one of the differences on this on this platform it is limited to seven players it's the way that the video is lined up and the fact that if you're playing seven card games, seven players is the limit you're going to be able to hit without. That, without that makes sense. Without causing some trouble. But originally, this was designed to be priced per person. And the more that I got into it, the pricing, it just, it was like, you know, the host is the one that's going to be putting all this together. And if people are settling up at the end of the night and they're going to be able to say, Hey, add $2 to it or right. for, for the host. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is very inexpensive. I want to get people trying it. I, I don't know that I could go forever at this pricing, but I can right. sure get people to try it. And, and Right now, the big cost is the video feed because we're we're using Twilio oh, yeah. and it's a, a pay per minute on me. And if the response is good, I could could go with a different technology and and take them out of the equation. And who knows where where it's going to go? Uh, I think everybody sure. can be happy at this price, and uh, I don't think I'll go belly up. I won't. Make, <laughs> I don't. I won't make a fortune. But I, hell, it's a lot of fun. This wasn't. It wasn't started to be a big investment. Like I said, it was started to kind of be a smaller investment, just something that was kind of cool. I know this has been in the works since March of 2020, really. Correct. But 
How long did you have the product before you really went, I think we need to get this out to the world and let them see it? Well, when production really ramped up, um, I saw, I got out of the apartment business last year. And at that point, there was some freed up capital that was able to greatly accelerate the rate of development here. The long, the long-term plan was always, let's get it to the public. But I, I said, we're about to, I want to charge for something that there's an awful lot of websites out there that, you know, people are used to going and play and hold them for free. And I said, this has got to be a premium product. And right. that's one of the reasons we went with Twilio. It's, it's, super high quality. I mean, heck, we were playing the other night and a guy called me out and he goes, uh, he goes, I'm calling just because I can see the smirk on Cowboy's face that he ain't got it. And I was like, damn, you know, that's that damn high quality video biting me in the butt. But, uh, <laughs> so it's, a, you know, I play on a, on a desktop and I've got a 24, 26 inch monitor here. And, uh, you can see the people's faces very, very clearly. The game is playable on mobile. It's it's not truly optimized for mobile, but it it is playable. Okay, you'll get more out of it if you're playing on a on a tablet or a desktop or a laptop. There's no doubt. Right. Okay. That and that makes sense. Yeah, and it's web based. So, so you don't have to download anything. It's just Absolutely. you go to the website and it doesn't matter if you've got a, a decent internet connection and a web browser, you can play. You're not having to download anything like on Poker Stars and some of the other sites. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important too. Well, I told you before we, we jumped on here, really, that I, I think this is great because we have, uh, Anyup has ambassadors across the country and we've been talking about getting a game going. This is the perfect tool for that. Uh, so if you've got friends that are around the country and you're just used to play together or you, you've been talking about playing together, this is the way to do it right here. Online games are fine, but poker is such a social game. And part of that equation is being able to see the smirk on somebody's face or, or you know, being able to actually talk rather than trying to type it all out into a chat box or something oh, yeah. like that. It's meant to talk and banter and the types of games that poker cows offers is different than any other site. So this is, you know, for your home game, this is the place to be. Yeah. So it, it's got games, you know, people may know them by different names, but uh, you know, iron cross, some call it fiery cross. It's, and it's got options like, do you want to make the, and you don't have to take these options. It's, it's an option. You can make the center card wild. You can make, you can, most of the time in the games, you can make low hole wild. You can make deuces wild, or you can make one eyed jacks wild. And then right. you get into any games, but only one of those, you can't come make them all wild. You only right. got one choice. And uh, if it's a game like a cross or a, a pattern, uh, the center card being wild. And that's in home games, you know, we'll play some of those crazy games and everybody stays in just betting on that last center card. And <laughs> yeah. it's split pots. It's just a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bill, I really appreciate you joining me this week. I want to stay in touch with you. Really want to see uh, as this thing grows. I want to continue talking about some of the things that are going on with you and with with Poker Cows. Uh, I think this thing is just going to explode. Well, so I hope you're right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if y'all play it, give me some feedback. I'd love love to know what you think of it. And it does have bot play built in now. The the bots at this point don't use AI. But anybody can go on and play for free against the bots and test out the games, test out the options. Oh. So, you know, when we first released a, a beta a few months back, that was one of the things was people had to get in with their friends in order to test it out. And I said, eh, 
that's a tough sell for me to call up <laughs> my friends and say, hey, let's get on here and try this out. But if you've tried it out yourself and seen the options and, uh, you know, it's got three different, some people play the wheel as low, some people play 75 as low, some people play 64 as low. And this game has options for how your group plays it. So it's really customizable to match your group. So anyway, Joe, I appreciate your time and uh, let me know what you think when you play it. Will do. Will do. Thank you again. Um, it was a pleasure talking with you. You too, Joe. I appreciate it. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Hi, Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule in situations that come up in your games. And he's with me again this week. Elliot, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Uh, things are good. But we finally got some awful weather. The poker room's packed. It's looking <laughs> good. So uh, when you say awful weather, just like rain? Heavy rain and constant okay. But, but you're done with, like, snow stuff. Like, there's no way it's snowing even at this no, point. Right? No, we're too far south for that. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's funny. I mean, shoot. Uh, uh, last weekend, it got into the 40s overnight. Did it really? Yes. You live in the desert or something? What in the world? <laughs> no, this is about as green and lush here as it ever is. I mean, it, it was just weird New England weather. <laughs> Well, Elliot, we've got a really interesting one this week, I think, anyway. Tate Langdon sent this in. He's playing 5-10 at a local casino, and he says he missed most of the action, so he wasn't in the hand. But he looks up to a king nine seven three deuce board. Heads up on the river. Missed everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so much for that, you know, paying attention to everything at the table, but that's a, that's another story. <laughs> oh, you're playing five ten. What are you paying attention for? <laughs> Player a checks first to act. Then he says, I assume player B checks because player a tables his hand face up on the table and shows Jack 10 suited which is just jack high. Yeah, double gutter with a flush draw, very likely. Yeah, and then after a couple of seconds, player A flips his cards back over and dealer pulls them into the muck. Player B flips a king face up for top pair and mucks his other hand, other card. The dealer ships the pot to player B. Now the controversy begins. When player A says, you need to show both to win, dealer and player A start bickering. Player A is arguing that since he tabled his hand face up for the table to see, his cards play even though they were mucked. Dealer is arguing that player B hadn't checked yet and he didn't see player A table his hand at all because he was looking at player B to act. Things end up escalating a bit, and three different floors come over and eventually check cameras and rule in favor of player B since he had not acted yet. So, they weren't ever at showdown. So it doesn't matter that player A was the only person to show both cards. Tate says, I kind of see an argument for both sides here, so wanted to get Elliot's opinion. So what's your opinion, Elliot? My opinion is, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, dealer competency goes lower and lower every year of, on this planet. Let's work backwards here because, yeah, there, there are things to be said for both sides of this argument. But let's go back to the camera shows player B hadn't acted. I have never in my entire life awarded a pot to a player who had not yet acted unless – the player he was in the pot with very 
very conspicuously folded their cards. Uh, right. They haven't acted. That's it. The other guy's acted. He's he's made it to showdown. You haven't. You don't have an argument to win a pot of showdown. You haven't acted yet. So I don't see how you can ruin favor of a player who hadn't even acted yet, especially when the other guy showed his cards and didn't fold, literally tried to show down. So that one gets blown out of the water. And to move on, uh, let's go back to the, the basic argument of showing your cards to win. Uh, player A showed their cards and tabled them. I've got this. What do you have? Player B showed a card. There's a reason we make you show both cards, and it's not just to let people know how you play. Well, poker has been played in casinos well before shuffle machines were invented. You had to show both cards to prove that you weren't cheating and didn't have two of the same card. Right. You were keeping cards from other decks to complete hands and, and steal pots off of people. That's why you got to show both cards. we got to verify that the only cards in play are the 52 cards we started with or that are supposed to be there to begin with. So, again... Uh, showing two cards, hopefully different cards, uh, protects the game. It protects the casino. So showing one card is ineligible simply because you haven't done anything to protect yourself or the game. Um, yeah, I, I think the part I was confused on is he says after a couple of seconds, player A flips his cards over, or player A flips his cards back over, and dealer pulls them into the muck. Right. I, there was no bet. Why are they being pulled into the muck? Right. I, that's the part Again, that confused me. Dealer was incompetent. Big deal, so it's no pair. Doesn't mean it's not going to win. I don't know. The other guy doesn't have 5-6. Uh, and and why did player A flip them back over? Because I mean, I would assume he flipped them back over right. because he saw that the player did not act. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, then they shouldn't have ended up in the muck either. So I that whole part right yeah. there... Yeah. It was the live hand. The winning, the current winning hand is never supposed to be into the muck. Right. It's supposed to remain face up on the table with the board until the pot is pushed. And then you can take the cards away and muck the board. Player B showing one card and trying to win the pot. And, and let's face it, almost every decision we make is with the intent of awarding the pot to the best possible hand at showdown. Right. I'm not a big fan of technicalities. I do not treat tables as courts of law. I do not let people technicality their way into things or out of things. I pretty much disregard technicalities. I, best hand wins. Once the, once the last bet is made and the betting is closed, poker is over. You don't get to keep playing poker after the bets are made. You don't get to, to gamesmanship somebody out of a pot. That's not how this works. Uh, right. Those, that's good for home games. It's not good for casinos. We can't bring that to the gaming commission and say this is what happened. And the gaming commission, oh well, that's fine. No, the gaming commission is going to beat the shit out of us. <laughs> Why didn't the best hand win? That's all they're going to ask. Right. So yeah, I see the very technical point of of making the card show, and that's one of the things I do stand on. If there's a showdown and your opponent showed both cards, if nobody else shows two cards, nobody else is winning the pot. That's the right. way this works. You're going to show me two different cards. And if you don't want to show your cards, you don't have to win the pot. You have the right to give up the pot if you want to keep your cards a secret. I always let people do that, too. Well, I don't want to show my cards. Sir, here's the muck. Please put them in there. <laughs> I <laughs> am never shy. So the dealer made the mistake of pulling the cards in, mm-hmm. like we said. Yes. When the other player flips over just the king... Is it the dealer's responsibility to even say you've got to show both to win or just assume that, all right, you only wanted to show one? There should never be an assumption, right? That is correct. There should never be an assumption. Also, you don't want to cross the line of, of, of violating one player to a hand. You certainly don't want the dealer to take the other card and turn it over. And you don't want them to explicitly tell them to turn the card over. Uh, the correct statement and the only proper statement to be made in this case, and it obviously can be paraphrased, is it takes uh, two cards face up to win a hand, sir. That's all you got to say. And some form of that statement. Two cards, yeah. only, only a, a fully revealed hand may win the pot. Anything to that effect that doesn't encourage somebody to turn it over, but only explains 
what the rule is and, and what the consequences are. Uh, incomplete hands shown at the shown at the river may not win the pot. Uh, right. However creatively you want to say it, say it, but it, it, it needs to be said and it has to be said. Uh, the dealer didn't do the job. And, and, well, and, and that's a testament to the poor training that dealers are getting right now. It's not the dealer's fault entirely. Right. I, I do think the last two weeks actually have been good examples of why a segment like this is good, important, because it's important for everybody to kind of at least have a pretty general idea of the rules so that they can fight for something when, when the time is right. Right. And the last, last week and this week, we've seen the dealer and floorman that have made mistakes. And so it's important for everybody to know kind of, Hey, you know, you've got to show two cards or you're not getting that pot. Or in last week's case, you know, the, being able to identify that you get the antes. <laughs> right. Basic stuff. Uh, uh, this yeah. is almost fundamental stuff that needs to be reinforced. The rake taken from cash games and tournaments uh, is higher than ever in casinos and poker rooms. I think as operators, we're responsible for making sure that the players get full value for that rake. I mean, it can't all just drop to the bottom line. It's not fair to anybody. It needs to be reinvested in in your product, both by continual updating and training of your team and obviously through guest service improvements. That's how most businesses, especially in the guest service industry, operate. And that's how poker rooms need to operate, too. Uh, just to take more rate because the market can stand it. I mean, that's that's all well and good if you're never going to have more competition. But if somebody opens up across the street or across town, you're in big trouble. Right. Uh, not continually training your team and keeping them up to date on procedures and rules creates a lot of content for me to provide opinions on. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair well, enough. Yeah, not your team or your or your players, if you don't keep up on this, right? Especially the fundamental stuff. Two cards to win a hand. Yes. Uh, I mean, if player A bets, player B calls, and player A surrenders, player B doesn't need to show in that spot. Player A is the one who wanted to see player A. Player B is the one who wanted to see the hand. Player A made the bet. Player A realized, oh, I'm bluffing. I can't win, and just releases. Player B doesn't need to show. Nobody paid player B to see their cards, and Player B was not cheating in any way, shape, or form by calling somebody else's bet. That's not right. how poker works or can work. But the reverse is also true. If player A bets and player B calls, and player B just shows his hand because the action's over, and then player B just flashes a card, player A can't win the pot in that spot. And that's what happened here, basically. <laughs> that, yeah. If you want to win at showdown against a fully revealed hand, your hand is going to be fully revealed or ineligible to win the pot. These are basic things that must take place in every hand, in every game in the world. And if they're not, poker's going to devolve, and we can't have that. Right. Well, Tate, I appreciate you sending that in. It's a good one. Uh, and if anyone else has a call the floor that they would like Elliot to break down, send it to podcast at com. And Elliot, as always, I appreciate you being here. It was a pleasure. This was a, a good one to chew on. I appreciate it. Let's break it down with Hand of the Week. All right, here we are with another Hand of the Week with Patrick. You're back from, back from the beach, tanned up. I am ready to. Up. I, I don't have uh, ocean pictures in my background. I do not have the intercoastal in my backyard, and I do not have the beach in my front yard. But so life, is, life, is still, life is still good. Um, I, there's something to be said about making sure you've got your next vacation plan or at least planning it. So my wife and I have spent the last two days planning the next beach vacation. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, let, you, I'll let you in on it when it gets there because there's something to be said about you know just the lifestyle of that one. So. You came back from the beach? And started planning the next beach 
Vacation? Nice. <laughs> yeah, you, that's exactly it. It also helps when you have family that have beach houses. So that makes life a little yeah. bit easier, especially on the old you know, dime. But um, I am happy to report that I have turned my brother-in-law and two of my nephews uh, into poker junkies um, after last week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had, a, had a couple of good games. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's kind of like uh, you know Red Sox fans back in the uh, the day. They just you know called them you know just God's worst creations. You know some poker players might be it. You know we're we're the best of the best and the worst of the worst. But you know what? For better or not, we all, we all love the game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, we're going to play a little bit of cash this week. We have a hand that was sent in by Matt. Matt didn't give me his last name, but I'm going to deduce from his email that it's Boykin. So we're going to say Matt Boykin sent this in. Right. And um, we're playing 1-3, no limit hold'em, playing cash. It's his local casino on, and I don't know if this is going to come up or not, but... He says it's on a busy Saturday. Okay. Whatever. Maybe some players that he's um, not used to, you know, maybe. Yeah. So in this hand, we have a button straddle. He straddles for six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you make a face. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm just like for the novice over here, I like your your just the the added rules and the added little things. I mean, don't get me wrong, some of them are fun. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the straddle, but that just being said, it's Matt's game. He was That's... playing it and straddle it is. So, <laughs> well, the button when he's the straddles, he has a $300 stack behind him. Yep. Um, action is going to start with the small blind who has the effective stack in this hand. He sits with $190. Yep. They call the $6. And it folds around to us in the hijack with the ace of hearts, queen of hearts, and we've got about 375 in our stack. So it's six dollars to us. So I, I, I have to bring this up because you've you've raised three weeks in a row. This week you've got a straddle of six dollars and one collar from the small blind. So now in the hijack, what do you do? Um, yes, I am. To answer your question, we are definitely <laughs> we're on a roll. We're on a roll. I mean, I, I'm I'm pushing limits on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely pushing it a little bit. I, I don't know if it's too big, but I, I'm I'm gonna do a twelve dollar bet. It's not big enough. It's not big enough. Just saying. We're, hey, we're working on this. It's a work in progress. It is. Okay, it is. So, it is. So right idea, wrong amount. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. So suited ace queen. I have a general rule, which we'll get into that in a second. But uh, Matt says a suited ace queen is a pretty good starting hand. There's already yeah. $15 in the pot. See where you're going. You're, you're raising yeah, to yeah, yeah. 12 with already 15 in the pot. And only three players left behind me. I want to raise with three goals in mind. One, take down the $15 now. Or two, get heads up with the small blind. Or three, build the pot with a decent starting hand if this becomes a multi-way pot. So he went 20 plus. That is my guess now that I'm thinking about it clearly. He raised 20. So Ah, okay. See? A little bit of thought works out. So, all right. So what would you have pushed with? What would you? So I have a general rule with straddles. First of all, it's it's my experience that usually a straddle does not like to fold. If they're straddling, they they do not want to fold their straddle. So I tend to go a little bigger. My typical raise with a straddle is four times that straddle. So then... I add however much that straddle is for each caller. So in this case, four times the straddle is 24. And then I would add $6 for the small blind. So that would bring my total raise up to $30. All right. It's, It's just, 
it's one of those things that I do in order to remain consistent with my raises. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it would make any difference in this hand or not. That's just my standard. Okay. So that's what I do. So yeah, he raised 20, the button calls and the small blind call. And Matt says, I guess I'll settle for the outcome that ranked third on my list, which was the, the uh, a good hand building a pot. Yeah. So $63 in the pot. Okay. The flop is the king of spades, jack of diamonds, eight of hearts. Now the small blind checks to us. What do you do with that? Lose less, right? <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> um, I mean, all right. Well, it, it, we miss. <laughs> let's just go. Let's call it. Uh, yes and no. Kind so, of. Let me tell you my thought process there. If so, I I don't pair up anything. I don't. I only get one heart out. So then I'm chasing there. So if anybody paired anything up there, especially king or jack. I'm I'm coming from behind, to at least from there. So, me personally, sure. I am I am following that up with a check again. Okay. Even after pushing, I think here's probably the wrong play, but tell me why. Here's here's what I would say about that. You've got you are the one that pushed the action, right? Right. So the hands that are in your range that they should be thinking about you having, there's a lot of kings in there. There's a lot of jacks in there. If we hit a 10, we're golden. Yeah, true. So we could have ace king. We could have ace jack. We could have king queen. We could have king jack even. Those are all in our ranges that they have to be thinking about. So continue to tell the story, continue to tell I'm the one who just demolished that pot. Then you can reevaluate if somebody doesn't believe your story. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning you need to get re-raised. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, in that case, then I'm probably going to do probably, I don't know, a a third ish of the pot, maybe $25 bet. Okay. So it looks like, and just so everybody knows how I do this, the way I've been doing the hand of the week is I kind of copy paste this into a Word document and go from it. I don't really read to, too much in it, so I don't know what's coming either. <laughs> hey, and for everyone else out but, there, I have no idea what's in this. I get my cards, I get how much money's in it, and I get where I'm seated. So that's I, right. Really, don't really know what's going on. So. <laughs> It, but just, I just looked at his bet, and it looks like you guys are on pretty much the same page. Okay. Matt says, I have the betting lead, and many of my pre-flop raises would have connected with the king or the jack, which is what I said. I hope to win the pot now, or at least thin out one player with a C-bet. So he bets 23. Huh. Pretty close, spot on. The button calls the 23. And the small blind raises to 50. Shenanigans. Uh, Before we get too far into what we do next, I just want to say I I definitely would have raised more. A third of the pot doesn't tell that same story. If you go half pot or more, then I believe that's that's telling the story that I really hit the king, ace king, king jack, you know, something like that. So what are you, what are you going to do with that raise there? So we're going in, into, I said 25, and then I get re-raised 50. At that point, I'm probably, well, one my thought, here's my thought process. One of two things. The, the small blind has a, you know, an ace king, a king queen, a king jack, something along those lines. He's paired it up where, where so far I've missed. And maybe, you know, hindsight being 2020, I didn't tell the story correctly. This is where I'm probably limping out. I, I, I missed, I got re-raised. I'm coming from a, a backseat position now. I'm probably folding. And it may be a wrong fold with ace-queen suited, I mean, because that is a strong hand. But I am probably folding at this point to lose less and live to fight another day. Hey, 
good re-raise on your hands, whether you had it or not, or you're bluffing or not, you know, it's, you know, good re-raise and now you're in control. Yeah. I understand what you're saying because that's what we've been preaching, right? Is lose less. How do you lose less? Right. Right. And as played him coming over the top, I get it. But so the small blinds, what saying he has a set of eights, maybe. King Jack, Jack eight. I mean, I definitely don't make so, him for like just ace king or just ace jack. I, I'm making him from something more than that, right? I I don't know. He's he's really just doubling our bet, right? He's not coming way over the top. So that's the reason. That would be the reason that I would go one more street and just see what happens. But again, let's go back to the raise. Let's go back to the seabed, I should say. And if we put in a bigger raise or a bigger bet there, then maybe he's not coming over the top. And if he is, then you can put him on something for real. <laughs> yeah. Then at that point, he's either calling or because he does have something, he's just calling that 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 bet at that point. Or in this case, if the $50 bet is a little bit of a bluff, a little bit of a showmanship, then, you know, he's he's probably not doing that anyways. But So what did he end up – so what did Matt end up doing? So Matt says the small blind showing up with a set of aces or two pair is on my radar now. But I rule out kings, jacks, ace king, and ace jack because he didn't raise uh, preflop. Yeah. So he actually he asks the question: Was my C bet a mistake on sizing? Should I have gone closer to half pot or just over half? And I would say, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's what you should have done. I also think that the button left to act behind me, his range is very wide given his position and straddle. If I'm behind the small blind to a set or two pair, we still have outs to the nut straight with the ten. And any heart on the turn gives me more outs to an ace-high flush draw. Right. So basically, he said exactly what I was going to say. The bet sizing, I think, was a mistake. Uh, I think you have to go at least half pot there. If you truly want to take it down, which is what he said he wanted to do, if you truly want to do that, then I don't think one-third of the pot is going to get that done. Right? No. Especially against two other players. Yeah. And like I said, if they if they check raise there, then you know it's something for value if you if you've pushed it to a half pot or more. So Matt calls the fifty, the button folds, and now he's heads up with $186 in the pot. And the turn is the ten of spades. Oh, oh boy. Made the nuts. Man, talk about missing out, Patrick. <laughs> just, just sitting there, just in my seat, just pissed off. Well done, Matt. <laughs> All right, well, the great thing about Hand of the Week is I get to you know come back in and just tell you what I would do from here because I get to play Matt. <laughs> well, it gets even better because the small blind now leads into us. For $70. Bring it on. Bring it on, buddy. He has about 45 to $50 behind. And we have the nuts. I mean, obviously. You push them all in. Yeah, you've got to push them all in, right? Yeah. So if he's got 45 left behind, you push them all in at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he said, Matt says, I have the nuts. And he's committed to the pot, so I go all in. He calls with less than my shove. He doesn't show, so I may still need to fade a board pairing card. Um, I didn't put, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't put much thought into a potential spade draw though. And the river is the queen of diamonds, and we scoop four hundred dollars as the small blind shows the eight of diamonds. Nine of hearts. What? So he made a pair of eights. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he just right, didn't right. believe us. 
I go back. I go back to the what Madden said to start with, and it's a very crowded night. And this guy is <laughs> it's not a normal player. So yeah, I guess he just didn't believe that we had anything. But yeah. I mean, if you think about our range there, we've got to have something on that flop. Yeah. Hey, put this um, chalk this up to Patrick's uh, loss column of really <laughs> just just bad losses in the end of the weeks because. That, that just wasn't played well, but we're learning. No, I mean, so. just thinking about it again, though, maybe on the flop, maybe this guy just puts us on the straight draw and thinks he can get us off the hand with a check raise. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking about it more than I'm giving him credit for. Uh, and then on the turn, he has to try and continue the story with the lead out on the turn. I feel like yeah, he's got I feel like that story, his story of the check raise probably still checks out, even if he just checks there, because so many straights get there on the turn. But yeah, I think, I think this week is really a lesson in bet sizing, right? It's yeah, hundred <laughs> percent bet sizing. It's, it's pushing more with that type of hand right out the gate. And then it's what story do you want to tell after you push the action? Yeah. Yeah. Bet sizing alone can change so many outcomes in a hand. Too much or too little, it all matters, right? So, yeah. yeah. So that's the takeaway from this hand. You know what I can't? You know what I can't wait for, Joe? As as you continue to, to grow this this Annie up, you know, family listenership, you know, readership, all this stuff. I can't wait for someone to send in a hand of the week like this one. And let's just call him Joe as the other guy that lost this. And he hears us talking about that hand, remembers it, and then sends in his take on why he played the other hand as we grow, because there's so many listeners and whatnot. Yeah, that would be good. I like that. That would be good. Yeah. So the other, the other guy in this hand, sending the villain in this hand, sending in the, uh, uh, the other perspective. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Um, That'd be pretty good. All right. Yeah. So Matt, thank you for sending that in. I appreciate, actually, I just want to say, I appreciate everybody sending in the, the hands of the week. They've really been great hands to break down. So everybody, I just really appreciate that. And if you have another hand of the week that you would like Patrick and I to go through, send it, to us at podcast at anyupmagazine.com. Patrick, appreciate you, man. Sounds good. Another week. You guys are welcome. We will talk to you in a week. All right. The question is, how are you running? All right. I am joined this week by Elvie Mitchell. And LV, we haven't talked since uh, like mid-April when you won the Camp One Step Charity Tournament. Um, so how you been? Uh, been great. Uh, feeling good, staying busy. Uh, it was a great tournament. But yeah, life has been good. Uh, moving moving quickly, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, the first question we always ask in this segment is how you're running. So you've been playing lately? Yeah, I have. So I play at my local... Uh, casino Hollywood in Aurora. So I've been playing nice. there mostly cash games, right? And been running pretty good. I've, I've had some pretty good uh, wins, $1,000 wins at a 1-3. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> table. I've done probably like two tournaments since the Camp One Step. Um, have not been as successful in those. So more successful in cash, but I have been just continuing to, you know, study up because uh, obviously this tournament is going to be a big, uh, this game yeah. is going to be a big tournament. Yep. So like I said, we haven't topped, we haven't spoken really since that Camp One Step charity tournament, which means you have a $10,000 main event seat coming up in the World Series of Poker. Yes. Uh, so I'm so excited for you. And so is this going to be the first WSOP event you've ever played? Yeah. First time ever playing WSOP. Been a dream, but it's the first time I've actually been able to live it. Good deal. Have you been to Vegas before? I have been to Vegas, so I've been to Vegas a few times. I love Vegas, um, but never played in a huge, huge tournament, just like the local casino tournaments. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you go out there, uh, you you know, 
trying to stay focused, stay, keep your mind right, right? <laughs> so do you have plans? Are you going to do anything else while you're out there or are you just strictly focus? No, I'm going to try to make it, I'm going to make it a week, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to put positive juju in the air and say, I'm going to stay there like uh, all the way through Saturday. So I'm going to make it to Thursday. Um, and so we're still going to like go out. I'm going to see some shows. I'm going out with some friends of mine. So definitely I'm planning the first day, right? I'm planning on Monday. So I want to get okay. Thursday going. So, but I'll definitely after Mondays, put in some shows, some fun and things like that. So after day one, a yeah. right. Then how long do you have before you come back for day two then? So day two, I believe is a uh, Thursday. So I have about three okay. days before I, yeah. I, I would play again. And then it's like super focused after that. <laughs> All right. So um, you said you were going to see some shows already, bought tickets. You already know what you're doing? Yeah. So luckily I have some friends that live out in Vegas, some entertainment okay. friends. So we're going to be like obviously going to some of the big nightclubs and the shows of like, we haven't bought any tickets yet, um, but I've always wanted to see the, the Michael Jackson show in Vegas. Um, nice. And obviously we want to probably catch like a magic show or something like that. Nice. Well, you know, the Annie up, Poker podcast one good has been real lately. So yeah. we've had we've had two people on, and two people have cashed. So you got to keep it going. We're, uh, we're that passing that on to you right now. We're passing it on to you. I'm, I'm accepting all of it. I'm accepting all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You, you got the seat through Camp One Step. So let's talk about Camp One Step a little bit. Yeah. Uh, have you, you, you've played the Camp One Step before, I think you said, right? No, that was my first time ever. Oh, okay. First bullet, one bullet. Yeah, I remember I remembered it was one bullet. Uh, you had jiggities. I remember that yep. too. <laughs> yep. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so let's, let's talk about the event as a whole. You came out. Um, you only had to fire one bullet, but uh, they had so many other things going on as well. Yes. Um, it was a fun event. They had food, right? Yep. Uh, I would, I would definitely say, you know, in the future, anybody in the Chicago area, if if you are looking for a good, fun tournament, this it's definitely one to to come out and enjoy. But also, you know, it's it's for a good good cause right yeah, um we I, we raised uh one hundred thirty five thousand dollars, i think it was and we're able to send then 135 kids to with cancer to camps which is awesome so i mean obviously you will have to be back to to uh, uh protect that crown right oh, yeah absolutely and that's gonna be <laughs> every year like so like i mean i love the tournament not just because i won the tournament but like again like you said it's a great great cause like cancer touches so many people and the work that they do um so just the cause itself is awesome but as you also said it's like it's just a fun tournament the people are great the energy is good it's just a fun time so i'm gonna be an annual person Nice, nice. Next year, I mean, there has to be a bounty on you next year, though, right? <laughs> I, I hope, I've been thinking about that. I was like, will I get a bounty? I hope I can. I hope I can. And I'm playing, right? So, like, I am playing for Camp One Step too. So, like, a portion of my proceeds that I win will be going back to them. So, oh, that's awesome. That's and, awesome. And and I mean, just so everybody knows, that's something that you're deciding to do. That's not something that the Camp One Step requires. That is, that's out of the kindness of your heart. So that's awesome. You know. When when you're willing to do things like that, then then uh, the goodwill carries on. So I, I, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yep. I can tell you, I'm going to be pulling for you. Any Up Nation is going to be pulling for you. Um, hopefully, we can stay in touch. You know, find some time during the um, breaks or something to to kind of get, give us an update, send us a text, maybe even shoot a video or whatever, and send it our way. And I, that would be that would be great. And we'll pass it along to the Any Up Nation. Absolutely. I, I will definitely do that. I will be giving updates through text and how all the de different ways you just talked about. But for sure, you will continue to hear my story and my journey on this awesome, nice. awesome ride that I'm going to take. That's incredible. Elvie, as, as Bob Popper always says, may you always flop top pair. Well, any up nation, I appreciate you pulling for me and I'm going to be working hard and I will be, uh, you'll be able to see my journey and I can't wait to show you. All right, LV, appreciate you. We'll talk to you later. All right, thank you, Joe. Have a great one. It's time for Joe's One Outer. 
The 4th of July is coming up. Hopefully you'll have the chance to get together and celebrate Independence Day with friends and family. And maybe you'll play a little poker. But if I could, I'd make poker night with friends a national holiday. Hosts of the poker game, they get to take the whole day off to get everything ready. And the players would get to work half days so they could go home and get mentally prepared to play. That's how much I love poker night with friends. It may actually be a sign of how creative I can get at trying to avoid going into work. But a good poker night is a great time to bond with friends and has a completely different dynamic than playing poker at the casino. I really love the atmosphere around a home game. Let's face it, we live our lives in a hurry. People commute longer and longer hours to and from their jobs, spend time with their kids, and more and more people have a side hustle or two these days. Without some intention, time with friends would be few and far between. Poker night gives us a chance to hang out and bond again. We tell stories, we laugh, we complain, and of course, we needle each other. Beyond improving existing relationships, I've made a ton of new friends around the poker table. When one of the regulars can't make it, we'll expand our invitation circle and invariably get to know someone new a little better. The bottom line is, poker night with friends may subtract a bit from your wallet from time to time, but I promise you, it'll add a lot to your life. That's today's One Outer. And that's today's show. I'll see you next week, A-Team. And until then, I'll see you at the tables. The Any Up Podcast is a production of AnyUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AnyUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at AnyUpMagazine.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.